Welcome to the Back to Back Films podcast, where we cover the things you never knew you wanted to know about movies. I'm your host, Jacob. This is Byron. And Keith is not here today since he's on vacation in Amsterdam, probably doing mushrooms. Probably. Probably. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that was something that I wouldn't see him doing. Yeah, no, we're not <laughs> saying that he did. We're just saying that it's no. it's very highly likely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is the dam. Yeah, the hamster dam. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get your dam on. <laughs> That's so painful. It's a painful joke. You know, host because I'm I'm hosting today. I'm, I'm filling in at the at least at the beginning. Byron's doing the end, and I can feel my jokes are more painful when when I'm in this same, position. Same with mine. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It, it's it's weird. It's weird because I feel like <laughs> Keith is normally the guy who's like like keeping us at line, you know? So it's like, I have no, to keep myself definitely. in line. So when I made that shitty joke just now, <laughs> it was like, Oh, wait a second. That's bad. Well, it's weird for me because normally I have like an actual, like physical person to talk to in the same room with me. You know, it's not just over, you know, the internet, right. Uh, like it is right now. So it's kind of odd that I'm like sitting in my room alone talking about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a different, a completely different dynamic. Um, where, it's, cause I could like look at him across the room and then look at you, look at the screen, you know, looking at you before, but now it's just the screen. So right. it's different. Yeah, no, it's super weird. <laughs> I bet your neighbors think you're super weird too. Yeah. You know, I decided to keep the, uh, the blinds, um, <laughs> closed, <laughs> <laughs> but actually it would be obvious that i'm like you know probably doing a podcast but it's funny because when keith is over a lot of people look in oh yeah because there's a lot of laughter and you know i i got normally it's all open to you know the windows are open and stuff to keep the, the breeze going right. and they they look in like what the hell are they doing you know the two guys with these like two laptops and you know uh, the bunch of microphones gear. going and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> But podcasts are so popular now, you know, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've definitely, like, picked up, like, a ton, you know. Yeah. You know what? Because I'm doing a project with Providence St. Joseph Health or whatever. Uh, they're oh, wow. They're doing a podcast. So, oh, weird. So it's like, oh, so if those guys are doing a podcast, then there must be, like, a good reason. Or they must be, like, really popular because a fucking, like, Medicare company is doing a podcast that's, isn't that bizarre super bizarre yeah, it's, like i would never have thought wow yeah never never would have guessed never would have guessed but we'll see when it when it comes out i'm actually not sure when yeah. it comes out but uh <laughs> yeah we'll see what happens uh so today we're talking about flops so essentially expensive films that didn't even come close to reaching their budgets back. They don't necessarily have to be expensive, but uh, normally they are, you know, because the more you spend, the the greater the chances of it uh, failing uh, at the box office. Uh, and one of the biggest box office bombs is our first film, which is John Carter, a science fiction action film released in 2012 by Disney. The film chronicles the first interplanetary adventure of John Carter and his attempts to mediate civil unrest amongst the warring kingdoms of Barsoom. Bars is it Barsoom or Barsum? I think it's Barsoom. Barsoom. Yeah. Okay. Nailed that's it. what I thought. That's what I thought. But. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's why I asked. Cause I, <laughs> cause I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was positive reinforcement. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this was 
directed by Andrew Stanton, who has worked as a writer on almost every Pixar project and as a director of Bugs Life, Finding Nemo, Wally, and Finding Dory. It's produced by Jim Morris, who is a Pixar producer, and Colin Wilson, who did Jurassic Park, Tomb Raider, Troy, War of the Worlds, Avatar, and Detroit. It's written by Andrew Stanton, Mark Andrews, and Michael Chabon. Chabon? Um, probably saying that wrong. Mark and <laughs> this is hard. Mark Andrews. Chablong. 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 <laughs> <long. laughs> um, <laughs> Mark Andrews is a longtime Pixar writer who has been a storyboard artist and writer for a number of animated shows like Samurai Jack. Michael Chabon. Oh, God, I'm probably saying that wrong. Chabon is a novelist who has pitched films and written scripts, but hasn't received a ton of credits due to uh, him being replaced by other writers. But he's kind of known as kind of a pitch guy, I guess. Uh, But he wrote The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, The Yiddish Policeman's Union, and Telegraph Avenue. So he's mostly a novelist, but he he is also in Hollywood. Uh, It's based on a pulp science, science fantasy novel, Princess of Mars by Edgar Rice Burroughs. Cinematography is by Dan Mendel, who's done the new Star Trek movies, Force Awakens, Domino, and The Skeleton Key. It's composed by Michael Giacchino, who has composed a number of Pixar films and big-budget live-action films like Jurassic World, The New Age Trilogy, The New Star Treks, and Star Wars Rogue One. It's edited by Eric Zumbrunen, who did Being John Malkovich adaptation and hurries, kind of a... um, Spike Jones guy. Spike Jones is kind of go to editor. And finally, it's starring Taylor Kitsch, Lynn Collins, Mark Strong, Willem Dafoe, Dafoe, Samantha Morton, Dominic West, James Purefoy and Claren Hands. Last name Hands. That's a great last name. Yeah, I, I think it might be. Oh, God, is it, it might Kieran? be Kieran. It might be Kieran or Kyaran or Syrian. It's yeah, there's no L. I my shitty eyes combined the I into an L <laughs> like the dot, but looking closer. Yeah. It's definitely like Kyrian or Syrian hands. He's yeah. a, he's a fantastic actor, by the way. He's awesome. Oh, good. I'm he's a, <laughs> uh, he's a, uh, yeah, he's awesome. I just saw him in a TV show that came out this year called the terror by AMC. Oh, produced by Ridley Scott and stuff. Super good TV show. So shout out to that terror guys check it out and it's syrian hand syrian hands is in it yeah yeah huh. who he he's he's the guy in john carter who's the father of okay um, lynn Collins. that's who i was like who is that guy you know yeah, i, I yeah. recognize him in so much stuff he's like, in have you seen, he's in a lot of tv he does do a lot of tv stuff he was i think the 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 role that really got him big was um uh for tv at least was he played Julius Caesar in Rome by HBO TV show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But he's in so many movies. Um, he's in The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover, which I'm sure we're going to talk about here pretty soon at some point. And um, there will be he's, blood. His, his, he's in so many. Yeah, he, there will be blood. He's in Munich by Steven Spielberg. He's in so many movies. He's in Martin Scorsese's uh, The Silence. Oh, that nice. Came out oh, yeah, that's his newer, his latest one. Yeah, so definitely. Uh, uh actor that's done basically everything because <laughs> i think he also did theater too oh yeah yeah good call good uh thanks for 
correct me on that one. I definitely wanted to get that one right. Oh yeah, I don't I don't know how to actually say his name. I don't know though. how I mean, to either. It's like, but Claire, yeah, I always call him. Sounds like a female name. Claren. I always call him Sir- Syrian, but Syrian. It just sounds kind of Syrian like it sounds just sounds. Cooler. It sounds Roman, you know, yeah. which is funny since he was in Rome. But <laughs> oh, and it's Syrian Hins. Must have been Hines or Hines. Hins or yeah, yeah. I said hands. So yeah, thanks for this this little auto <laughs> auto correct here. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. <laughs> Claire and Hans, totally different person altogether. <laughs> Where's Keith? That reminds me, we need that Keith. reminds me of that reminds me of Mr. Hands. Mr. Hands. Oh God. Uh, now we're going off the rails. This. Is, we need Keith. Where are you, Keith? Come back. Don't do too many shrooms. Oh God. All right. All right. Let's get this thing back on track. So our second film is Heaven's Gate, and it's an American epic western film released in. 1980 it's loosely based on the johnson county war it portrays a fictional dispute between land barons and european immigrants in wyoming in the 1890s written and directed by michael camino best known for his academy award-winning film the deer hunter uh, which he directed before heaven's gate produced by joan carolee who's a longtime producer with michael camino she's done a bunch of his movies Cinematography by Vilmos Sigmund. Am I saying that right? Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah. And he's a you know very very famous cinematographer. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, Close Encounters of the Third Ti- Kind, Blowout, Black Dahlia, The Deer Hunter, also with Camino, The Long Goodbye, McCabe and Miss Miller, The River, and more. D- does he do? He does a bunch of stuff with. Uh, De Palma. Uh, he. I think he did some. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think blowout was was the or blow up blow up right. Did he say? Did you say blowout or blow? I up? said blowout, but I don't trust. Yeah, I don't up, trust me up. anymore. Because blow up blow up is the De Palma one. So blowout was a Michelangelo Antonini film, which I that cinematographer was I think um a guy ironically named De Palma, but it was sort of D E P A L M A. Um. This uh, it's D I. P-A-L-M-A. <laughs> um, so I think the cinematographer for Blowout was a guy named De Palma. And then the cinematographer for Brian De Palma's Blow Up, uh, Blow Up which is a kind of a, a, you know, a little bit of an homage to Blowout um, cinematographer, I think, yeah, it was Vilmos Sigmund. Um, Weird, because this says, or according to Wikipedia, it says Blowout is a Brian De Palma movie from 1981. Oh, fuck. I got those names wrong. So blow up and blow out. Blow I, up, I it must be up. the older one. God damn it. I always get that. Yeah. Okay. So blow, blow out is the De Palma and blow up is the Michelangelo. Uh, and Michelangelo. Antonini. Yep. Yeah. Blow up refers to like blowing up a photo. Oh yeah. Oh, and I can blow see that. Out, yeah. And then blow out is, referencing the car crash oh i see in the film oh but cinematography they, by carlo de palma god that's so weird yeah, isn't that weird <laughs> that's, fr- that's bizarre <laughs> wow uh so anyways yeah he's a well-known guy that yeah, has I mean, received like a lot of rewards 
yeah, like his filmography, Vilmo Sigmund's, like, I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like the, the films that he's, I mean, did he do The Last Emperor? Uh, that's a good question. He might, that's, there's another guy that they're, they were from the same uh, country, I believe, that are both like some of the most influential cinematographers of the, of their time, which was, you know, the seventies and eighties. Um, the last emperor was Vittorio Storaro. Storaro, yeah. Both of those guys are, were like basically the go-to guys for cinematography, um, back in the seventies and eighties, as, as well as like the guy who did the Godfather and, um, some of the guys that we talked about earlier with like, uh, uh, the Steadicam episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause of, because of the Steadicam really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay. So this, um, <clears throat> Heaven's Gate was composed by David Mansfield, which was his first feature. And he also appears in the film playing the fiddle on roller skates. So he's that's that was, the composer. He's young too, super young. Like, yeah, I because I, I read that and then I was watching the film again. And I'm like, oh my god, that guy is like super young. Like he doesn't seem like he would be would even be able to like that. He was given the chance of of doing such a epic score for such a big budget film right you know like right. <laughs> being so young you know yeah exactly like not a lot of experience but but a big part yeah. of that is because they had john williams slated to be the composer but because the film was six months behind schedule john williams had to go do this tiny little film called star wars <laughs> you know <laughs> it's weird how that all worked out yeah like, <laughs> pretty pretty weird fucking pretty yeah. weird because at that time star wars was like this tiny film and heaven's gate was like the big one you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah and by the time heaven's gate came out th then star wars I'm, I'm sure was probably was huge picking, yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. it destroyed in box office um <clears throat> so let's see the editors of heaven's gate it was a team it was lisa Fruchman who did apocalypse now and the godfather part two i'm sorry part three Gerald D. Greenberg, who also did Apocalypse Now, and Greenberg and Fruchman, I think they are collaborators. I think they're kind of oh, a team. Wow. Uh, but Greenberg has a, a longer history. He's done The French Connection, Kramer versus Kramer, and Dress to Kill. William H. Reynolds did Sound of Music, The Godfather, The Sting, Turning Point, and Ishtar. And finally, Tom, oh, wow. Tom uh, Rolf, who did War Games, Jacob's Ladder, which we did earlier on the podcast, Heat and the Horse Whisperer, and that autocorrected to Hose Whisperer. So I'm assuming <laughs> that's supposed to be Horse Whisperer. I don't think Hose Whisperer is a movie, although that's a really good premise. Actually, it probably is. Yeah, I could see that being like a high concept comedy. Just, just on a uh, different... Uh it's not going to be on IMDb. It's going to be on a different database. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like a straight to Netflix for sure. <laughs> I was thinking more uh, dirtier than that. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. Straight yeah. to pube flicks or yeah, that's yeah, bad. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. No one. That's the worst. That's the worst thing for a porn site. Pube. God, what are we doing? Where's Keith? <laughs> <laughs> we need Keith. 
All right, so this we're barely getting through the intro credits. Uh, so this is starring Chris Christofferson, Christopher Walken, uh, who looks uncanny at this age, honestly. Uh, Isabel Hoopert, Jeff Bridges, and John Hurt. So those are our two movies, and they're both uh, significant flops. Did you notice the um, cameos of uh, Mickey Vork and Willem Dafoe? I knew they were supposed to be in the movie, but I didn't. They were. I couldn't find them. Where were they? No way. Yeah. Okay. So Willem Dafoe, he, you know, the cockfight. Yeah. About like an hour or so in the movie, he's one of the guys that's like has one of his like roosters in the in the show. Oh. Yeah. So he's like he's like holding it. And then he hands it to this other guy. Another guy like spits like the whiskey in its face, and then like they put it into the ring and right. all that. And then you see him pop up occasionally throughout the film and some of the some of the the town scenes. Right. But he was fired after eight months of filming. Yeah. <laughs> did Did you hear why he was fired? <laughs> yeah, something about a joke or something. Yeah, he like laughed at someone else's joke, and I mean, this is all like this is all from like pissy like film like entertainment writers you know who like we'll get into this later but they kind of like went undercover in the production pretending to be an extra well they actually they signed up to be an extra for two months and like just so they could write like this nasty gnarly thing about (laughs) michael camino (laughs) and what was reported was that willem dafoe was fired because he laughed at a joke that one of the crew members made. <laughs> Isn't that stupid? <laughs> but you know, it's funny because I could see, I could totally see that happening yeah. with all parties involved. Like I could see him laughing at a joke and all that, you know, he seems like he has a pretty good sense of humor. Oh, and yeah. I could just see like, you know, Camino or whatever, having this like just bad day on this crazy, hectic, you know, set. Yeah. And, and, and just being like, you know, you're out. <laughs> yeah, just like get out of here. Like this. Yeah, yeah any sort of interruption, and in you know, it, he's yeah. hot headed, hot headed guy. And then the Mickey Vork, uh, he's one of Christopher Walken's dudes. Uh, kind of about halfway through the film, he pops up. Um, not a big role, but it's it's pretty funny because Mickey Vork, um, his favorite, like his favorite film was The Deer Hunter, and oh. like he saw that movie like. he said something like he saw it like six times in a row or something like that. Like he just couldn't get enough of it. Like as as much as like he would go back day after day to just watch that movie every day um, after work and stuff. Um, And that, you know, he got to work with that director like two years later. (laughs) And it was like one of his first roles. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Dream turned to a nightmare pretty pretty quickly, I imagine. Well, it's weird though because they worked together, I think, in two other films. Really? In the late in the late eighties, yeah. After um, Camino was able to make films again, I mean, they didn't do well at all. But <laughs> right, some of them had like a pr- like pretty good budgets. Like later, yeah. like pretty pretty good. Yeah. No, I, they, yeah. I don't think it was ever as high as this one. Um, no, but uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy how like there's yeah. just all this hate for this guy. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I need to see that documentary that uh, that was made. Yeah, same. 
Sam. And, and, and Willem Dafoe ironically narrates it. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> makes me want to see it even more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's super funny. Uh, <laughs> so what is, what, what would you say is like a flop? Like what makes Heaven's Gate a flop, you know? You know, I think for me, I was thinking about this. There's something super romantic about a flop in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because I guess filmmaking in general is very romantic. It's, you know, um, it's this thing that, you know, it's so romanticized, you know, kids wanting to be movie stars and, and um, or, or or filmmakers and just how like how magical filmmaking really is. Right. And I think when there's someone that has such a big vision such as like you know michael camino for this film or like gore verbinski for the third pirates of the caribbean film or you know they have these huge visions and things you know start to kind of fall apart just mainly because the vision is so big and the person maybe is it's not that they're not qualified for it but maybe they're not either one getting the all the help that they need or it's just so big i mean it's hard for any one person to really you know man a ship that large yeah uh so when you have someone that's maybe a little controlling or someone that's very particular which i think in camino's case was the case where Mm -hmm. you know he was taking 70 uh, 70 takes for you know shots that only lasted a few seconds in the movie and stuff like that you know like how that could start a descent that would be hard to stop you know um Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's all romantic though in a a sense you know because it all stems from this sense of like this you know epic i'm gonna do this epic film um i think for me i think when i think of a flop i think of that which is kind of a um a positive way of looking at it Mm -hmm. Um, because it's talking about scale of a film, but there are those flops that are low budget movies that just suck that flop (laughs) too. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I don't, and I think those, I normally don't even refer to them as flops. I just think of them as just overall bad movies that never were going to go anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, they're dead end. Yeah. And like where flops, I think had like more potential. Right that's how i normally view it but i don't know do you view it like that too or yeah i think that's i think it's really interesting um how you view it because i i think you're right i think that there's a sort like the romance of a flop i think that's definitely that's not something i've ever really thought about but i i think that's totally true the because really like the reason this that these movies have a lot of money behind them is because a lot of people believed in them you know, and they right, right. they people believed in them enough to give them two hundred and fifty million dollars. You know, like that's yeah, an insane yeah. amount of money for a project. Uh, and in Michael Camino's case, it was a little bit different because re- he was given a blank check for this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was given like seven million or something like that. And then also like a blank check. Um, yeah. So. I don't know it was it was it's kind of weird it like i want to like it but i also you know it just like hurts 
like Heaven's Gate is the reason United Artists went away, you know, or got right, bought by right. MGM. So yeah. it's it's like. I, I really like this. I actually like this movie, Heaven's Gate, uh, but I, it, it's like I just I wish that. It's like it's hard to say who's like like who where the fault is, you know? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I mean, um Camino seems like a very interesting uh, character. There isn't a lot that I know really about him. Right. Um, but there are some weird things, you know, in the making of this movie where like United Artists were looking into like tax work and stuff and they were f- wondering why they were paying so much money for renting all this land yeah. ends up he's the one that's owning who owns this a lot all this a lot of this land and he was basically renting his own land to the company for a ridiculous amount of money yeah to make his own movie so he's getting money from the company that is producing his own movie like he yeah. seems just a little shady and like yeah. It, it, and all this stuff that I'm like, I don't think helped his, I, I think, I mean, I don't know the guy and I don't, it just little things like that kind of f- make me feel that he had a little bit of like, he, he felt too highly of himself or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I just won five Oscars for the deer hunter. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like I can do whatever I, I want. I could do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to make United, United artists, you know, pay, pay me to make a fucking movie right. that they're also spending money on for me. You know, like, right. I, I don't know. Like he's just like shoveling money in his pockets. Yeah. 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 And, and he had a, that contract written up where, um, something about he if the money went over budget or something he himself would be would couldn't be touched yeah like Like he wasn't responsible for right any of it i mean it's like he had it all planned out ahead of time yeah and you know what i mean took advantage of he took advantage of of the of the of the of the company and then obviously the company couldn't like deal with it and they had to get bought by FGM. I mean, that's like some, that's actually some really kind of like, I mean, it might be, it's probably way more complicated than that. But from my viewpoint, that's what I'm seeing. And I, I I mean, it's hard because I also see like, you know, if you want to make a movie, you have to be super cutthroat and you got to, if you want to get it done, you make, do whatever you can to make your film and get it done. I see both sides of it. It's just, I don't know. I think you were going to say something about like how it might hurt other. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's United Artists. You know what I mean? It's not like MGM. It's not Disney, which Disney, I think Disney was hurting at this point. Mm-hmm. Cause this was, yeah, this was right around, around when the little mermaid came out and then they like boomed. Uh, but I bet Warner brothers was, probably big at this point um yeah yeah united artists but they're like kind of there's this small like little yeah i mean they were fairly big at this time right or right before you know but they like they were about like the movies for grown-ups you know they were yeah they weren't like their goal was i mean obviously they want to make money because they're a fucking company you know and they have to stay afloat but they wanted to make like these like like a20 like a24 kind of you know yeah 
Um, and they, they they dabbled in like the big stuff, like uh, you know, the, like Moonraker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and stuff. didn't they so, do like, Bond too? Yeah, yeah, Moonraker. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is was that Bond? Bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about James Bond. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I think it's like, you know, they have their popular ones, but really I, th- I think they're, you know, where their heart lies was in these, like, I'm going to say auteur because that's kind of where, what they would call it. Uh, but like yeah. in these auteur filmmakers, like these, these filmmakers with really strong voices and really unique styles. And that was what Michael Camino was. And then he yeah, I mean- just feels, feels weird that, he would take advantage of the a, a company that's kind of on his side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. And no, like I, you could see the trust there and, and like United Artists, they should have noticed the weird contract that they had signed, but <laughs> you know, maybe they, yeah. maybe they just were like, yeah, give it to that guy. He'll make his movie and it'll be awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think he went over budget for the deer hunter too. And, um, He'd been trying to get that movie made for quite some time and ended up working. You know, everybody was against him and he actually ended up making it work and it was a huge success. So I think maybe they were kind of just hoping for the best and just kind of like, oh, he'll make it work. You know, he made the deer hunter work. He's going to make this one work, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but I think he kind of single handedly like ended the trust between like big studios and auteur film directors at least yeah. auteur film directors that maybe hadn't had a, such a f- big filmography i mean now there's a trust with um big companies and directors like john favreau and ron howard and and you know spielberg and you know that in clint JJ. eastwood you know with warner yeah. brothers and jj like they they have and the, most of those guys all have their own studios anyway that are affiliated with the bigger companies oh sure but like they have such extensive filmographies that it's a little different well camino he literally had made um two films before this movie he made the mm-hmm. light light foot something with clint eastwood and um uh longer and, uh, title yeah i forget the name of it something Lightfoot or something. thunderbolt <laughs> um, actually, and Lightfoot. Oh, yeah thunderbolt and Lightfoot. that's a pretty good weird little film um uh and then the deer hunter and then this movie so like he didn't have a lot to really show as like huge like you know big money maker yeah, yeah. right because yeah. um, he wasn't really in it for that no it seems like yeah which is awesome um and it's not quite like that anymore yeah you know i'm not seeing that trust of like a filmmaker who's done like one small independent film and they get just you know a blank you a know blank what check. is it Car- carte de blanc yeah, or whatever carte de blanc, uh, yeah. to, to 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 do whatever they can i mean we saw a little of that with like uh uh was it ro- not rogue one jurassic world what yeah yeah maybe that's what it was the guy so, what, uh yeah Colin who did monsters monsters or maybe it was kong skull island some of these some of these newer big I think budget kong movies skull island yeah yeah where like you know they they did one or two independent films beforehand and um and then you know it these huge things that ended up not doing well <laughs> yeah yeah which is but these aren't like like passion projects you know they're right. like they're like right these big like like brands like king kong is like like they're trying to like create like toys you know and they're and yeah and the lost world or i'm sorry um 
Jurassic World that is like a reboot of a franchise, you know, and they're, right, they're like right. their goal is like a little bit different, you know, and they but like where Heaven's Gate, no studio head was like, hey, we got to do the like Johnson County War. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's like, yeah, like what? Like, where's the toy? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, where's exactly. like the little plushies that you can sell or the especially in the world of the emerging star wars you know like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's yeah they're kind of grabbing these these little guys and giving them big budgets but it's they're not the like that trust isn't there to like like deliver like a good movie for for grown-ups versus right. movies for kids which is what all the other ones are you know you know what i, I mean, mean? Yeah, and you can see it today. I mean, like, you know, Martin Scorsese had, you know, couldn't make uh, one of his dream projects, you know, Silence for like 30 odd, some, you know, 30 some odd years, you know. Um, and this is fucking Martin Scorsese, you yeah, know, who's which proven is, himself. That's you so know? weird because I feel like there's so many, like, because like every studio, I think they're, obviously they're passionate about movies. You know, and they right, want to make yeah. movies because they want to make good movies and not just want to make a buck. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because why would you be in that business and just want to make a dollar? It doesn't make any sense. You know, if yeah, you want to do that, yeah. you go into finance or go into, you know, anything like that. But obviously there is some passion there. And I feel like Scorsese, he's such a big name. That one just it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. But like with John Carter, too, to go back to John Carter for a bit, I think you you hit it right on the money too with when it comes to like you know the toys and and the branding of something that's not just the movie you know heaven's gate was all about just the movie yeah. and with disney involved it's so much more yeah you know and i find that aspect of it interesting too and that's why i view john carter as like kind of a different type of flop because yeah you know stanton you know he he's coming from the world of pixar um completely different you know first live action project yeah you know yeah. It's like i mean it could have been a passion project of his but it's it doesn't it doesn't really come across that way and from what i've read it didn't really seem like it was like this thing that he had been wanting to do his whole life and you know what i mean like um yeah like, i I, fe I feel like maybe his pixar films are more like that because i think he took wally -E and he took um another one kind of out of like developmental or development uh development hell yeah, yeah. you know he got them made from that right um whereas this one i think was stuck you know in that hell for 70 odd years yeah but not it wasn't his you know yeah um yeah <laughs> yeah it wasn't like his like baby that he was holding on right. to um, and like it's just like it, it, it's different in the sense i mean yeah it's like kind of a grand big budget movie scale wise you know because it's so it's a big hollywood blockbuster type yeah, film yeah um but it it seems more of what i would consider like a type of flop that would be of like just coming in you kind of know what you're already gonna get yeah it, you know what i mean like yeah, I, i'm with you like, I, it's not quite like this is gonna be such a good movie it's like you know it's for example you know like like the first harry potter movie right if that just tanked you know oh yeah like like how disappointing that would have been you yeah. know um, well, kind of like the dark tower 
Right. You know, right. which I think yeah. they're trying to bring that one back, I think. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's definitely like in line with like these like things that have like some promise to them because of the source material. And then right. it just and then it just kind of doesn't. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, it's like those I think Aragon fell in that. Yeah, and, Aragon. Yeah. yeah, there's so many films that fall into what John Carter falls into to me. Yes, um, Prince of Persia would fall into that for me. That is you a know, beautiful all, movie to point out. That that totally, like, you know, yeah, like it, it just seems it just seems, and that's Disney too. It just seems like it's those types of films that are given so much money and they just don't resonate as well. And I think it's a part of it it's just the studio and the audience just aren't seeing or wanting the same thing. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like luck really that most of the time that brings a big success, you know, like Deadpool, it was kind of like luck, yeah. you know, but people like to think that <laughs> perfect it's, timing. They like to think that it's not, you know, cause right, they, right. they want to like have a reason. They want to own that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like when, yeah. if you look into like John Carter or, uh, heaven's gate or any of these movies a lot of it's like the director did this the director did that and right if the movie was successful it would just kind of be the opposite it would be like the director did this and the director did that and it's like <laughs> it's like is this all we're gonna talk about is just whatever <laughs> you know the fact that yeah. willem dafoe got you know fired and that michael camino is such is basically the devil and yeah. uh you know was going over budget when he had every right to you know it was in his contract so you know and like you look at john carter and it's like it's like andrew stanton um oh my gosh what was it it was, it was like he like ruined the marketing of the movie and it's like yeah yeah you know because like and it's so like this is just like one person like how does like the director not in charge of marketing normally Right. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting, especially with such a big Disney thing. Yeah. So like they one of the things that was pointed out was how they use the Led Zeppelin song Cashmere in the trailer, which I actually yeah. remember seeing. I remember that, too. Yeah, and I yeah, was like, yeah. whoa, this is sweet. You know, I was like, yeah. this is a cool song. I like this song. Well, and it won uh, Led Zeppelin had basically owned or whatever their the rights to their music forever. And they rarely ever gave yeah. their rights to yeah. anybody. And like the, one of the first, I think the first time that they did for a movie was School of Rock, I think, for the immigrant uh -huh. song. I think that might have been it. Um, That's awesome. And, you know, so it was interesting that they were actually able to do that for a trailer, yeah. you know, with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, good call. Because they, they hold on to their music. Because they're not on Spotify. Yeah. They're not. No. They're not on any of that stuff. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. They may, maybe they are now, but I don't since it's so big but i i kind of don't think so yeah I don't, yeah i don't think who so. knows yeah who knows um but yeah so they were saying like that for some reason andrew stanton cut the trailer which makes no sense to me because he's a director not an editor <laughs> so first of all so that makes no sense well and, tarantino gets to do that well yeah but that's <laughs> but it's different yeah yeah no it you is it's I mean? totally different it really is like, it really i don't is. think stanton's like cutting the trailer for finding nemo no like i would lean yeah. towards like no, he's i don't yeah he's not doing that because that's like not I what his job well, is yeah you know what i mean yeah, he could fuck, be. i don't know he could he be. might be 
but Pixar does their own thing though, because they don't. They don't. Sometimes they don't even do trailers. They do like a little short story. They do. Yeah, they do a little. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So if in that case, he might have been doing something like that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like he was. When I was reading that that thing about all this shit that he did, it seemed like there was it was like a list that they just blamed it all on him. Like we got to point fingers on somebody. We're gonna all blame yeah. it on him. You know? Yeah. Like it was like, oh, you don't like. Oh, the reason this movie failed was because they used this one song in the thing. <laughs> and it was, I don't know. It was like, didn't get a strong response from conventional audiences. Like, who doesn't like the song Cashmere? That song is awesome. It's badass. Yeah. Everyone, everyone I know, like, oh, yeah, it's like, I know this song. Like, maybe they yeah. don't love it, but. Has a good beat and it's, yeah. Has a good beat. Kinda, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it gets there. And maybe we're just, you know, those you know, guys in their older twenties who are like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't know cashmere? Yeah. You know? right. uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's, it was just like such a specific reason for, yeah. for why it, why it failed. And, um, I mean, obviously there, there was other things too, but really that a lot of it was like, they're just saying poor marketing and, um, a lack of merchandising for the movie, which was surprising because it's Disney. Yeah. You know, I, at the same time, I don't remember like, you know, John Carter Legos or yeah. action figures or anything. I mean, I, I vividly remember the movie um, coming out because I would see like the big cardboard, you know, yeah, cutouts and everything like everywhere. Oh, yeah. But I didn't see a lot of like actual toys and stuff. But then again, I wasn't in a. Uh, it was 2012. I was just graduating from college. I wasn't thinking of of toys. Yeah, toys. You were you know, going so. into Target to see right. yeah, what the toy <laughs> section was. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I, so if if we're looking at bombs specifically, John Carter kind of falls in this very specific category, which is just. Uh, and a reason why a flop would happen is just high production costs, right? So this yeah. movie cost two hundred fifty million, roughly. It's it's hard to say Fuck. exactly how much, but it's it's one of the mo- more expensive movies to come out. Um, I think th- there's like only like ten films that have cost that or or more. Uh, so that's <laughs> you know this they were definitely like throwing money at this thing. Because it costs less money to make Avatar than it did this year. Yeah, time, yes. Which is insane to me. And it, it feels a lot cheaper than Avatar. Oh, yeah. It feels so much cheaper. Yeah. Like, like, but then it it's, I think maybe just, you know, James Cameron is a more, is, is a more competent director when it comes to live action, I think. Uh, yeah, he knows. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's another thing is, is Stanton, he was saying, Kind of the in in the same vein as to uh, Camino, um, he was saying how he would do a lot of takes, and he uh, said because of that, uh, because he came from an animation background, where you have right. a, any option in the world, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can do yeah. anything. So you go, you you export your movie, and you you look at it and you think, all right, let's let's try like winking with the other eye. You know what I mean? Like, and you could get into as far, like as many details as you want or, Hey, let's, let's make it. So like this person's left-handed or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever change you want, or let's get a new take on this, um, or a new read. 
and that you could just do that whenever you want. And then eventually the movie's over, you know, eventually right. the movie's done, but yeah. in live action, it's like, you gotta do the script and you gotta do production and then you gotta do post-production and then you could bring people back for, you know, to fill in the audio and stuff. But that in animation, those are all in the same, at the same time and they have finishing, but like you can like <laughs> get the whole movie pretty much in line. Right. And then send it away to like all the color people and all the, you know, people to figure out the, the finishing of it. Yeah. So it's just like a different thing. And he was saying how he wanted like that, the options that you would get in animation. So he shot for that. You know what I mean? So that's he's so cra- that's crazy. Isn't I mean, that crazy? That's like, like he was like, I'm like, not going to get it right on my first time. I've never gotten it right on my first time coming from animation. So I'm going to like do a lot. And he, he like made sure to like tell them before, I guess. Um, and that's interesting too, because that's not like, you know, Fincher and Kubrick take a lot of, do a lot of takes, but they do it out of a perfectionist yeah. thing. They, it's not necessarily options. Cause I think their visions are so strong. They, they, they're searching for that magic where, yeah. where, you know, he's coming he's, he's, he's just wanting to be safe. You know, he wants those options. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, well, he, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because it's like, it seems like he's like, it's so anti like what you, when you think of a director, it's so like the opposite of right. What you would think a director does right, yeah. or, or is, you know, like of this, the stereotype, um, and, you know, people like that are just fascinating to me because it's like the like uh, uh, fucking Clint Eastwood, like his yeah. style. I'm just like, whoa, you know, like that's crazy. Like one take, like yeah, one or two takes, like super interesting. That style. is cool. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm always like super fascinated by stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, like it's it's funny because the result is still a lot of options, you know, right. Where Camino, he's like, I want this very specific thing at this very specific time of day. Because a lot of this, that movie was shot during the magic hour um, before Heaven's Gate. But John Carter, it's just like, hey, we're just going to get a bunch of stuff and figure it out in post, kind of. You know, it's interesting because John Carter doesn't seem like it's all over the place. It doesn't doesn't seem, it doesn't, it seems pretty tight especially with the performances everything's everything is 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 pretty even you know it's not like there's one guy or actress that's like really bad that throws the whole movie off or anything like that everything you know i have to give it to him it does seem like he was able to with all the takes that he had get something that was pretty even across the board you know yeah it it didn't seem tonally like completely off or anything um whereas heaven's gate does seem a little loose yeah not that not that like the performances or anything were out of whack or whatever um tonally the film works and everything as well but it's 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 more of a but then again it's quite a bit longer than john carter but it's still it has this looser feel to it that plot wise it's not as tight yeah And, and it's not like john carter has a tight plot you know, um, right. Or, or, you know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's, I thought that was interesting. Um, well, it's just kind of like John Carter's very much like the hero's journey, you know? Yeah. Like it's like as hero's journey as you can get where yeah. heaven's gate is like more of what you would think of as like an art film, you know, like yeah. the storytelling isn't, it's not, um, 
one person's journey necessarily, you know, right. and it's it's jumping around in t- in different times. And like the whole Harvard thing at the beginning yeah. is like it gives you a good sense of the two characters, which I really like. But that a thing like that would never be in John Carter unless it was like 30 seconds long. Like that yeah, would be the no. most for something like that. Yep. Yep. No, definitely. 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, and it's it's just interesting because you're you're dealing with Disney, you know, like that changes a lot. I think when mm-hmm. it comes to anything, you know, it's like, I mean, we really are kind of comparing an art film with like the stereotypical blockbuster Hollywood studio film, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> and like one that but isn't, it works though. Yeah, yeah, and it's like one that like doesn't that never that didn't resonate so it's pretty easy to like look at it and just be like oh exactly yeah you know well and it's weird too i mean it's like i i was reading like the reviews online and like there's a lot of people that really like this movie yeah uh, you know i was surprised i was surprised i was surprised too uh my one of my friends um, john carter that is yeah one my friend john carter uh (laughs) she is a woman uh she dressed up as the uh princess of mars Really? For Halloween. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Just yeah, like, de- oh, you watched de- John Carter. Deja, Deja something. Deja something. Yeah. Whatever her name was in the Princess in the of Mars. Princess of Mars, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Pretty crazy stuff. Because uh, I mean, it definitely see, I mean, has her, the passion. And like, yeah, my her, roommates, like her, they had it on Blu-ray. So I just went up to oh, their wow. like thing and like grabbed it, you know? Yeah. See, I had Heaven's Gate on Blu-ray. I didn't have uh, John Carter on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my father-in-law gave me Heaven's Gate and was like, "You got to watch this." And I was like, "Why?" And he's like, "Michael Camino. He totally like he was this hot item, and he stumbled with this movie." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'll have to check it out." <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh, this works perfectly for a podcast. So why don't we just get this done now?" <laughs> um, but. Yeah, how how the version you watched? How long is it? Uh, I watched the. It was like three hours and and thirty minutes or something like that. Okay, so that's the one that I think I think that's the only one that anybody can really see. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I I wish it was the three hundred twenty five minute version. (laughs) That's the five. That's like the five hours. Yeah, yeah. five hours and twenty five. I wonder if that if that actually exists now though. I bet because that's. Because the director's cut is the one that we saw. Yeah. But the first cut is the five-hour one. I wonder yeah. if that would ever come out. Because that was the one that they they showed it in theaters and pulled it. <laughs> right? So they, like, showed they, it for, like, a week or two, and then... They, I didn't even realize that they actually released the five-hour version. Yeah, or uh, maybe... Or, ooh, maybe I have this wrong. Here, let me, let me check. Maybe, yeah, I... I, I I don't remember if it was that or if it was an ev- a longer but shorter version, like a longer version than the the three hour plus one, but shorter than the. Five <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> okay, so I'm I'm wrong. So the so at New York at a New York uh, theater, the final cut, which was the oh, it must have been just a theatrical print that was. Two hours and 19 minutes. Oh, yeah. So that must have been the. Oh, OK. So the work print version, that was just for the executives uh, for United Artists. And then oh, okay. and then he he cut that. 
Um, and the executives were like, no, we're not doing this one. So he released a three hour and 39 minute one. That's the one that they pulled. Okay. Uh, and then they, they pulled that one after like a week or two of a, a one week run and Camino <laughs> called United Artists and was like, Hey, can I cut this again? And he cut it down to a two hour and 29 minute version. <laughs> so now there's a, like a revamped, like director's cut one. That's two hours and 16 minutes. Um, and apparently what he cut from the original work print one from that he showed United Artists in like their private, you know, when they were developing the project, uh, or when they were finishing the project was like a lot of those scenes were cut from the action scenes. So like the fight oh. and stuff like that, like that's where, weird. Yeah. Isn't oh, that yeah weird? Cause it was supposed to have its own because it supposedly it was like a whole movie itself was just the battle was the battle or yeah. the fight. Yeah. 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 That actually would have been really pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, sounds huh. weird. Um, but I've, you know, I don't have patience, so <laughs> I was totally uh, I was totally fine with the almost four hour movie that I watched yesterday. Did you know that code going in? Yeah, yeah, I knew it was. Oh, okay, I knew okay. it was long. <laughs> My uh, father in law Bob he uh, it, he hadn't opened it. I had to like open the wrapping and stuff because he's like, I'm never gonna watch this. <laughs> he really wanted to, but it was like so long, so he just never did. Uh, and he's had funny. it like forever. He was telling me about it. It's really funny. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I want to I want to go through some of the yeah factors of bombs. You know, so what what are things that go into bombs? And the, these are very. Um, I guess you could say superficial things, you know, like kind of kind of obvious things once you say them, but I'll just fly it through them real quick. Uh, one is negative word of mouth. So this this is uh, really what hurt Heaven's Gate. Um, the, the you know, the Michael Camino movie, um, because journalists, you know, as we said before, they um, they really wanted in on set to like see what was going on with Camino. And he had a closed media set. He's like, no media are allowed to like look or be here or do anything like that. Um, so, which is not an uncommon thing to do, but for like these kind of more auteur people, like I think people want in on their world. Uh, yeah. So they, they like want it a little bit more versus like, you know, like Marvel, I think really they can hide behind like, hey, pr we're protecting the story by doing this. So it's almost like sexier that that like that Marvel would do something like that. What whereas Camino doing it is like like, hey, it's about the Johnson County War. Who the fuck cares? You know, like there's no spoiler here. Like, let me <laughs> let us in on your world. And he was like, no. Uh, so some rep um, entertainment writers got hired as extras for two months and which that could actually be a pretty cool film in itself. Yeah. Like the, like you going know? undercover, like yeah. to, that's actually a yeah. really good idea. How come someone needs to make that movie? Yeah. That sounds but like awesome. Could, it, but like, it would have been better if it was like apocalypse now, you know, where like shit is actually yeah. really hitting yeah. the fan or the, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or even it's like, life you know, and take death. it, like take it even crazier to like, you know, 
kind of semi like Tropic Thunder, you know, yeah. where like people are actually getting killed and shit. You yeah, know, that would be pretty. That would pretty be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, like this weird like the underworld of filmmaking. Yeah, yeah, and it's like a snuff film or something. Yeah, you know, well, like where the director is just so off his rails and he's so cut off from the studio itself that yeah. like shit is just going down and it's just crazy. Like you know? fucking like uh, Cannibal Holocaust. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's just like you know cinema verite part part of it's like cinema verite and like they use footage from the movie and from what they shot themselves and b-roll and everything that'd be pretty cool that would be that's a great idea yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) hashtag copyright yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um so you know because of all this you know everyone wanted in they got a bunch of bad press and so whatever they heard it was like all these like negative things and it just like boiled up. And by the time the movie came out, everyone like very easily was, was what they were, they were quick to say this movie sucks and missed the mark (laughs) and all that stuff. Uh, because Camino himself was portrayed. I don't, I don't know him, but, uh, he was portrayed as a very negative person, you know, and very easily, easily hated, you know? Yep. Uh, and, you know, we went through all the reasons why with the freaking money and the like the land that he bought and all that shit. And, and there was more, too. And I want to say, too, he there was he was affiliated with some not so savory people. Yeah. You know, yeah. that were later, you know, indicted, I think, for not for anything related to the movie. But, but I, I from what I remember, but I could be wrong the, on that. Yeah, there's I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, yeah. when I read all that and then I saw like his. You know, like some of his photos, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, this guy looks a little, a little slimy. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like a little bit, but, but I think that's just because of the the PR. He's a nice guy. It's because of nice the guy. it's all the negativity. He's misunderstood. He, I think that is probably true. <laughs> um, okay, so another another factor of a bomb, another factor, is competition. So. On a weekend, another film occupies occupies the space of another. The chances of both those films bombing dramatically increases, which is why there's like war for weekends, you know, with these bigger, bigger movies. And that's why there's like counter um, like counter films that come out. So like right. Deadpool came out and so did Book Club, which has <laughs> a bunch of older women reading books, you know, yeah, it was like Fifty Shades of Grey or some shit. Is that the is that the uh, the one that has uh, Jane Fonda in it? Yeah, it has Jane Fonda yeah, and all Candace that stuff. Candace Bergen. And so stuff, like yeah. that comes out during Deadpool because you know all the old ladies show up to the theater and are like, oh, let's go see Book Club. Like fuck Deadpool. You know what I mean? Uh, you mean you haven't seen it yet? Uh, the me? Book Club. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 it's when's Mother's Day? Uh, <laughs> I probably won't watch it. I'll just be honest. Um, (laughs) Yeah, same. It's not not really what I'm into. It's not the kind of movies that I'm into. Um, But if Tiff wants to watch it, I don't think she will. I'll watch it with her. Um, Let's see. What else? So external uh, circumstances. So this is another thing. Uh, So like Fight Club, right? uh, What was it with Fight Club? Uh, 9-11. Oh, yeah. 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. Uh, so 
you know, that could, yeah, that could be 9-11, Hindenburg, Pearl Harbor, any tragedy, really, JFK, Sandy Hook, hurricanes, you know, all factor into a flop thing. But one thing that was really interesting, and this, in the history of filmmaking, this is considered the first flop, Um, even though it, it wasn't really a flop, but I think they were trying to make a lot of money off of it, but it was Intolerance in 1916 by D.R. Griffith. Oh, and D.W. Griffith, right? uh, Yeah, sorry, (laughs) D.W. Autocorrect. (laughs) What is D.R. Griffith? D.R. Griffith. Dr. Dr. (laughs) Dr. Griffith. (laughs) Dr. Griffith. So so the doctor, he uh, was making this movie and um, he they had production delays. So it, it wasn't released on time and it was about um so this was around world war one you know and uh, there was widespread anti-war sentiment during this time but after the production delays it got pushed back by like half a year or i think it was three quarters of a year and at that at just that eight month difference everyone like became more pro war wow, wow. so like the whole message of intolerance was very anti-war. So it was like this yeah. weird, like, Hey, we missed our eight month period where this right. movie would have been successful. So a lot of people look at that as like an example of like, this just missed the, the change. Yeah. Yellow fever didn't do, uh, do the film with me any good. It didn't, <laughs> you know, the doctor didn't fix the yellow fever. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I'll yeah, have to welcome. give you that one. That one's pretty good. I walked into that one. Yeah, Keith will like that one. Um, <laughs> let's see. So high production cost, John John Carter, obviously. Uh, and then there's also some other things. Uh, some movies can recover from from being flops. Blade Runner, Shawshank Redemption, uh, both movies that kind of uh, attained a status after losing money in box office. And came back, you know, through VHS and DVD and VOD and all that shit. Um, a lot of cult movies are like that. Like they, they get their life afterwards after well, it, not doing I well. Mean, I mean, I'm sure Heaven's Gate even falls under that because, you know, when it came out, it was just theatrical, you know, DVDs and VHS weren't really, a th- you know, right. VHS weren't even a thing really in 1980, I don't think. Right. Um, and cri- with Criterion picking it up like recently, right? Like they released the Blu-ray. Um. Like that was like this decade. Well, obviously, yeah. It's in the last, yeah, I want to because I got it quite a while ago. I think. Um, I think it was like 2012 or something. Maybe 13. That could be it. That could be it around that time. Yeah, because yeah. I got it when I think it was. I got it on Criterion Blu-ray basically right when it came out. So I'm not. Whenever that came out is when I is when you it. got it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I was still in college at the time, or maybe just graduating so yeah 2012 that's when i graduated so that sounds about right yeah yeah so so yeah sometimes they can get a life afterwards and sometimes it's they make money and sometimes they don't (laughs) but uh some of them get that life afterwards and then obviously (laughs) flops can also uh have the power to destroy studios which this is heaven's gate was the reason why united artists was bought out by mgm um, so although it's not specifically Heaven's Gate that did this, that is the biggest factor, uh, right. in, in what, in why they had to be bought out by a thing it, and it teetered. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. It definitely like 
they were on the fence and it definitely like shoved them off the fence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so thanks a lot, Camino, for ruining United Artists. <laughs> I wonder how do you, I wonder how we pronounce his name? Cause like I used to always call it Chimino, but I don't think that's right. Maybe it's just Chimo. <laughs> but it could be like <laughs> Chimo. Michael Chimo. But it, I wonder if it's Semino or Camino or. I don't know. I mean, like, I've never, I've heard, I've seriously heard Chimino, Semino, and Camino. Yeah. I've heard all three. I always thought it was Camino, but I don't but it's know. It's like Scorsese. I've heard Scorsese, Scorsese, oh um, Scor- Scorchesi or whatever. Right. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I heard like Christoph N- Nolan <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Keith, we need you. Keith, come back. Hey, we were doing really good. We there. Did, yeah, we were doing pretty good. It's, sorry, no, I, think, I think we're doing good. Sorry, listeners. Um, let's see. So, I'll, all I really have left is is just random facts, random trivia. Okay. So, do you have, do you have anything you want to throw it throw in the mix, or should we just fucking not really? Steamroll? Yeah. No. Yeah, we can just keep going. All right, let's just steamroll. Um, so, blank check. We got that uh, for production of this of Heaven's Gate. The tree in the Harvard graduation scene mm. was cut down, moved in pieces, and relocated in that spot. Well, and they filmed the Harvard scenes in the UK, right? Yeah. So, like, they fucking transferred it <laughs> for, for, from the US to the UK? I don't know. I thought, <laughs> I, I assumed they were just like, hey, we want this tree over here. I thought it was like yeah. that. But oh, maybe yeah, it could have been. I yeah. can't imagine I them flying, <laughs> flying a tree. Well, that, I guess maybe Kubrick, they would. Had, Kubrick did that for Full Metal Jacket, where he, he was he filmed Full Metal Jacket all in the UK. So they flew fucking palm trees. Whoa! F- like from oh. everywhere. Oh, that well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Because the trees aren't even yeah. there. Well, that's what I mean. There could have been some, you know, particular. <laughs> indigenous or whatever the tree yeah, that some exotic it, tree yeah that that it, they don't have in the uk that he had to have because that's the harvard tree god damn it <laughs> yeah no that makes sense maybe it was the harvard tree he was like yeah yeah, yeah. spent like two million dollars <laughs> harvard didn't let them film there but let him borrow the tree yeah, <laughs> yeah for for th- for three million dollars yeah. they could have the tree you can uproot this tree you just have to put it back, <laughs> where, put it it belo- back. where it belongs yeah <laughs> apparently they moved in pieces and like glue, like probably not glued well maybe glued it like just like yeah. stuck it back together i imagine it's like wood glue. Wire. they used they used wood glue <laughs> <laughs> where's keith i miss his i miss his moaning his groaning you would totally just be like, oh, God. <laughs> we need Keith. He balances us uh, out. Keeps us at bay. <laughs> God. Play, um, am I right? I mean, it's got to be right. It has to be wood glue. <laughs> There's no other choice. That's the only option. <laughs> that or sap. Yeah. Ooh, sap. That would be good. Because, yeah, you can't, you know, you don't want to piss off all the tree huggers. No. You know, this is coming out of the 70s. Oh, speaking, speaking of getting people pissed off, I guess this film had... Like, like a whole bunch of horses got, they died yeah. and, like, and had to go into like psychiatric care, which I've yeah. never even heard of that for a horse, but I guess that makes sense. But like, like they were just a whole bunch of animals got hurt and killed on right. the making of this and movie. Like, like the they chickens. Didn't, 
Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't, they, they, they weren't, they didn't even make an effort to keep any of the animals like safe. Like it wasn't right. A thing. Like they were just like, fuck it. You know? So how do you see that different from apocalypse now with the cow? I think it's like completely different. Cause I think it's just like, you know, um, one, the, the, the cow and apocalypse now, that was going to happen no matter what. Because it's it was a ritual that the natives were going to do, and Coppola was, you know, um, filming it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wasn't a staged thing, um, specifically for the film. Uh, and but this is like you know, like hey, well, there's a cockfight in the script. Let's do a real cockfight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's 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 way more it's it, what's the word i'm looking for it's it's it's, it's like definitely negligent, sort yeah, of yeah yeah it's it's pure like bucket you know yeah like what are what are these they're just animals we can do whatever we want with them which, right you know, like the I don't, superiority I don't, of it yeah, yeah i don't agree with that at all you know oh, sure. i mean I, like you know killing a wild boar for you know a movie is different than like to me than like killing a dog you know killing all these animals yeah you know what i mean like like it's just or torturing animals or you know what i mean like it's just right it's a little different (laughs) yeah it is a little different. especially the horses like they don't know that it's fake right you know exactly yeah Yeah. whereas a boar like one they're not really pets i mean i'm sure you could have a pet boar but uh (laughs) but like especially if they used it for like you know if they didn't just kill it and then throw it away like if they had used it for maybe like they could have given it to like, say, say we made a film, right. And we were going to have to kill a boar in it. Um, we would give that boar to, uh, you know, an indigenous tribe or whatever that would use it. You know what right. I mean? Like, or just it, feed, so, the, feed the crew, you know, the caterer. Well, I mean, you could. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, yeah. You know, so it's, it's one of those things like yeah. I, in that sense, I don't have a big problem with, you know, it has to be humane has to be done in a humane way, you know, yeah. I think, um, or, you know, like, I, I don't know how to describe that, but, uh, it's just irresponsible on the part of Camino or whatever to have like yeah. all these horses and stuff go through what might happen. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's yeah. fucked up. And like, this is, this let alone just expensive as fuck. Yeah. And this movie, like a lot of, there was like more animal rights that were like put in place for like movie studios to follow because of this movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. so like, uh, what was it? Uh, Cannibal Holocaust, same thing, right? Like there, there was things in that movie that happened with like yeah. killing of like exotic animals and shit, like yeah. and filming it, and they because of that there was like a universal like response for right. for some of this well, I mean, and like legal things too, but this any- like pushed it further. Yeah, I mean it's like for anything, you know, it's like. You can never draw a line until it's been crossed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like exactly. so uh, I, I, that's what happened here. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like, okay, like this made a lot of people upset and a lot yeah. of groups upset. Let's not do this again. Yeah. And I imagine definitely. that's why that's probably another reason why this movie flopped was because there was a lot of these not only be. was it ne- all this negative pr from entertainment writers but it was also these groups that were like hey like what the fuck is happening with these yeah. horses you know what i mean yeah. and these chickens yeah. like yeah. <laughs> th- like boycott this movie you know what i mean yeah 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else? So this movie made $3.5 million in box <laughs> office after costing a total of $44 million. So that's fun. Um, wait, wait. Are, are both of those adjust, adjusted? No, that's not adjusted for inflation. Okay. So, okay. It, so it lost $40.5 million, roughly. Fuck. Yeah, is that crazy? What is that adjusted for inflation? That has to be like a hundred and I want to say it's a hundred and fifty or hundred and seventy something yeah, million. Because I want to say it was up. It was up there to what like Django and Chained would have been made for. Right. Now, yeah. Because yeah. Because this was like forty mil was like a huge budget back then. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which Django and Chained? That's like close to a three hour movie, and it was longer. Um. So that's actually probably a pretty good comparison. You know. Yeah. Yeah. For like, and and that movie killed. In, in yeah, it office, did. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think did, did Inglorious Bastards still do better than it though? Though overall, with I, including like foreign, foreign, uh, domestic, and everything. Honestly, I don't think so. I think Django took the cake. Oh, okay. I think so. I don't know. So, I'm so guessing. Django is his most. I yeah, think it's his most successful. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think it's Inglorious Bastards, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I and think then, you're right about that. And then I think the Kill Bill films. Kill Bills, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, let's see. Let's see. So, notoriously, this movie was just shat on by everyone. And there was only, like, two or three, like, high, like, good critics, like, high, like, of the respected critics who liked it. <laughs> and they they were, like, they, they were saying how alone they felt about it. They, they just, they thought it was great. And uh, this movie has had a resurgence uh lately so with the criterion collection you know putting on blu-ray and, and dvd um and they there was the the new edit you know that 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 we've seen um basically they people are calling it a it was a disaster but it was a misunderstood masterpiece you know so they they credit camino for making this really really great movie and it's it's a just incredibly misunderstood which i think is really interesting yeah. i mean it's it, it is unlike any other western i've ever seen you yeah. know it's definitely a revisionist western it's he's taking tropes that we've all seen before but it's it's really different mm -hmm. it's really different and when you watch it it's de it definitely feels like it's by the director of the deer hunter which is interesting too um i mean even the opening score very very um almost italian in yeah. its sounding within it but it has the western guitars that kind of kick in and it's a very interesting it immediately lets you know that it's it's a different type of western film yeah um i mean even the cinematography you know vilma sigmund like it's great you put did a whole like a whole bunch of smoke and and um all these different lighting effects like dust they, dust and stuff yeah. to make it kind of had this different you know photogenic old feel to it and um it's definitely there's a lot of art behind the movie which i really appreciate right. and i think now that it's become kind of a cult thing i think like you said the appreciation for it has gotten because it's it's now distanced itself from any sort of bad blood it may it might have had with the producers and critics and audiences now right. it's a kind of like a new thing where people are like you know like let's look at his other work or you know what i mean and then be like yeah. oh, holy cow this is actually not that bad you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually like pretty good yeah that makes yeah sense. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, totally in the cast, it. I mean, you like, you, you know, seeing Willem Dafoe and Mickey Vork, you know, these, you know, uh, you know, that have had these, you know, really actually really good careers. Um, and, you know, Jeff Bridges, who becomes, right. a, you know, a Titan and, and you know, um, Chris Isabelle, Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken, yeah. you know, and Isabelle Huppert, who at this point had been in some movies, but like she is basically her and Isabella Johnny and, um, uh, Catherine Deneuve are like the French actresses almost. You know what I mean? Like, right, like, right. like, like, the, well, and Marion Cotillard now and, and a few others, but Leia Sadu and stuff. But at the time, she was like really a nobody. And now, I mean, Isabel Huppert, she is like, she is fucking cinema royalty. Sure. You know, sure. In, in any country now, but, but especially in, in France, I mean, She's still making movies now, you know? Yeah. She was nominated for Best Actress uh, last year. Or not this last Oscars, but the year before, 2016. For what movie? Um, L. Oh, I, I yeah. never saw that one. I gotta watch it. Yeah, super interesting movie. It's directed by Paul Verhoeven, who did Robocop and Basic Instinct. Oh, and, no way. Yeah, and yeah. Showgirls and, and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super interesting movie. Really pretty good. And that um, the bug one what was the bug movie. Starship. Oh, uh, Starship, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see Isabella Huppert in. I mean, th- there's a lot to look. It, it it's there. There's so much to it. Um, yeah. John Hurt is in it. You know, sure, sure. It, it, like th- there's like all these cool things that lovers of film can watch it. And if they don't even like the film, they could appreciate certain aspects of it that are like, oh, you know what? That's kind of cool to see John Hurt in it. You know, or right. You know, it's just cool. Even the like <laughs> the period, the the love of the the period. You, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like there, yeah. there's so much to look at and, and, you know. Yeah. I mean, it won the Oscar win. for best production design, yeah. you know, yeah, or art design or whatever. Art, so like it, yeah, visually yeah. it's, it is, it's just, you know, the, the, the towns and the, that they made and that's, you know, basically all shot in Montana. And it, it does, it's a great looking movie, you know, beautiful looking movie for sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, I'll just, I'll just follow. We're going to switch gears over to John Carter real quick. So uh, this John Carter had a really long development history uh, starting back uh, to 1931. And it was almost the first Disney. I thought that movie. was interesting. Yeah. So Super before interesting. Snow White, it, it was almost the first animated Disney movie. And like, um, but the audiences didn't that, like it. There's a part of me that kind of really wants to see that. Like, I, what would I've, a 1930s science fiction film look like, animated? Yeah, that sounds awesome. Like, what, 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 what would that look like? I don't even know what that would look like. I don't know. I don't you know. know what I mean? Like, now it's been done so much that we right. would never, we will never know what that could look like. Right. But like, um, like Titan AE is kind of like that, you know? And it has this kind of right. old, older kind of look to it. It looks yeah. older than it is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But it also feels new because it's like cel-shaded. It, you know what I mean? Right, right. But it like marries those looks. But you, when you look at Snow White, it has that feel. It has that older feel that's yeah. just, to me, it's fantastic, you know? Yeah. And the if you ever get a chance to watch the Blu-ray of Snow White, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, whoa. I'm going to take <laughs> that soundbite of you saying that and send it to Keith over in Amsterdam. No, I mean, it's great. <laughs> I, I mean, I love old animated films. I think Snow White, I mean, that movie, the just how how i mean it's the first movie of its kind and it it it's just amazing 
Yeah. Like how the fuck did you do that the first time around? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's really nuts. I mean, it's looking at movies after the fact, it's just like, oh yeah. Like, of course, you know, like, like apocalypse now was like Buddha cans. You know what I mean? Like when it won. And, but we look at it now, like as this like renowned movie, but at the time people were like fucking pissed, dude. Yeah. It's like in the top 10 of everybody's list, you know? Yeah. 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 Now it's like, everyone's like in on this circle jerk apocalypse now which totally <laughs> i mean rightly deserved it's a great movie yeah but it's yeah. just so weird how like there was this huge group of haters and then it was yeah. like everyone just came around like i don't know that's just well, kind of, it won, it's a weird but it thing. won the best prize at can though too so it, it did and i wonder do, if that's why it. people were like oh okay maybe i was, was wrong you know divisive, what I mean? yeah. yeah yeah it was yeah. divisive um so for john carter so 1931s, they they made it and they the the test screening didn't go very well. So they scrapped it. I don't think it was a completely finished version, but I think they were just testing it out. Uh, then Ray Harryhausen almost did a stop motion <laughs> one in the 50s. <laughs> wow. And uh, Disney was like, no. Uh, See, I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I know what that would look like. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of well, because that's Jason at work and the Argonauts, you know, yeah, like that's and, like and, kind and of the same thing. The Vo- Voyage of Sinbad and um, yes, yeah, and Sinbad, those yeah. other films, yeah. So it would have definitely looked a lot like those, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. Which you know. could have been kind of cool. For it would have been cool, yeah, time. definitely. Yeah, it definitely like you could see it working because it had worked already. You know what I mean? Yeah. With that guy. I enjoyed um, those movies when I watched them before. So the or this, you know, the other very ray harryhausen film so right it would have been it would have been kind of cool to it would have worked oh yeah so here's here's another time they tried to do it again so in the 80s uh disney wanted to do it again to create a star wars competitor and they wanted tom cruise on the project oh and he and he was on the project uh but then it collapsed because the visual effects technology wasn't advanced enough yet so they wanted to do it vfx wise um but couldn't and then disney they didn't renew the rights they were just like fuck it like we're not doing this and then paramount acquired the rights to to this story and they in 2004 robert rodriguez signed on to (laughs) to be to do the movie and the reason he didn't do the movie was because he that was after sin city and he left the dga after that so the director's Guild of America, and he had to be a DGA member in order to work on a Paramount movie. Uh, so that was when it was after Sin City, and he got in trouble with the DGA for co-directing with uh, Frank Miller, I believe, on Sin City. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, so I think he left because he was like, this is stupid, like there should be able, I should be able to, you know, collaborate yeah. with with a person. Um and who else but John Favreau took his place? Yeah, and see, then and then it I, collapsed. I, yeah, um, and because <laughs> I think he wanted to go do Elf or some shit, um, which actually I like Elf. Elf is awesome. So yeah. uh, Paramount then decided to scrap the project in favor of Star Trek. So they decided to, the new Star Treks, and that was a hit. So and that was a hit. And then uh, Andrew Stanton came in and lobbied Disney to to buy the rights back. Uh, for it so he could do it so he he pushed for disney to to do it uh which which is interesting 
just because it I, I wonder if he like I'm just curious, like where his passion was with the project and like what he liked, because it yeah, it definitely it, it feels just a little bit dispassionate. It feels like kind of yeah. just like a s- simple Hollywood yeah. like movie, like in the same way that Prince of Persia kind of feels that way. Like it's still good. Right. Like it's better than what I can do, obviously. But it <laughs> just like compared to like what else is out there, it just doesn't quite hit the mark. Yeah. I liked Prince of Persia way better. Yeah. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal is just so awesome. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think Prince of Persia was that bad myself. I don't really, I just watched it a long time ago. I don't really yeah. remember it. And movies that I remember, I think are good, <laughs> you know? So, so right, it's like, right, if right, I don't right. remember anything, I'm just like, eh, like, I don't, yeah. I just don't remember. I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's, I didn't horrible. think it was that bad. Right. You know? Right. No, I'm with yeah. you. I was just like, meh about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Um, so one more interesting thing before we go into our roundtable. Uh, it was originally called John Carter of Mars, which you actually see at the end of the film. They like right. add a little yeah. title in there. But because the st- the studios were like, they thought the word Mars was not like a good word to have in the title. They're like, because of the... They, there was a movie Mars Needs Moms that came out and it didn't do well. So they were like, oh, the word Mars, that's poison. <laughs> and then so, John Carpenter, right? He did a film, Ghosts, Ghosts on Mars or Ghosts of Mars or something like that. Something like that, yeah. That just like did terrible too. <laughs> so yeah, so they were like, uh, according to title researchers or or something, the the word Mars is is just bad. <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> i can oh, what time <laughs> holy shit okay okay so uh let's do a quick round table <laughs> yeah I, I just realized that i'm seeing star wars tonight at in, oh nice in 45 minutes so uh sweet i was gonna ask if you were gonna go see it yeah um i am <laughs> and i just i forgot that I was going to. So uh, let's fucking hurry this shit up. So yeah, no worries, no worries. Um, so yeah, let's just do, do, do you want to just go first, guess for me, and then I'll guess for you. Yeah, um, I I will guess Heaven's Gate. Um, yeah, as your favorite. Yeah, uh, totally right. Uh, I think, uh, I just, I think John Carter is just meh, you know? Yeah, and when, right. a, when a movie is meh, it's not good. I'd rather, I'd honestly, I'd rather hate a movie than feel meh about it. Uh, because at least if I hate it, then I can, there's like a good conversation that could come out of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, like the room is a bad movie, but I like, I would rather watch that than watch John Carter again. Cause it's so interesting to watch. Right. Yeah. No, you know I what I mean? You. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where my head's at. And then for you, I, th- I think the same thing. I think it's heaven's gate. I think you actually like really like heaven's gate. And I think, I also think John Carter was meh for you. Yeah, no, I, I liked Heaven's Gate definitely better. Heaven's Gate isn't my favorite. I mean, I really like the Deer Hunter way more. Um, Heaven's Gate's great. I like the art behind it. But overall, yeah. I was like, eh, it's not my favorite Western by far, but it's pretty good. But yeah, John Carter was like just regular kind of just blockbuster, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just like, it was just like, eh, you can, you know what you're signing up for. It wasn't right. like a special blockbuster like no, a lot yeah. of the good ones are. Yeah, not at all. For sure. All right. Well, do you want to do you want to take us away with that outro? Yeah, let's do it. Buddy. So, if you have any questions or opinions, send an email to 
back to back films or back to back films podcast at gmail.com um you can also think it's a btb films oh that's right bt bill god damn see i always automatically (laughs) trans so yeah btb (laughs) btb films podcast at gmail.com you can also visit our facebook page to comment on or discuss this week's episodes or any of the past episodes if you have a minute please rate and review us as it will help others hear the show um we're on uh well keith is on letterbox <laughs> and same with jacob uh jacobs is at jc Fultz 24 and hyperion creator for keith uh next week we're jumping into anti-hero westerns and the films we're going to do are the wild bunch by sam peckinpah and high plains drifter um a film starring and also directed by uh clint eastwood and uh so yeah make sure to watch these films and be part of the discussion thanks for listening Goodbye. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> We're free to do whatever we want. <laughs> this is fucking weird. We I'm can not do. Lie. I know this is so weird. Just turn mine. Turn mine. Because I think we've done. Keith and I have done episodes, just the two of us. But I don't think you and I have just done an episode. No, we haven't. Because like this, we almost did over that Christmas that one time, and then yeah. we were just like, "Fuck it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're gonna go have some more beers. Holy shit! That went like. That didn't seem that long ago. I know. And now it's, freaking, it's like fuck. Freaking crazy.